This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm grateful that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. With that, I welcome you into uh, what will be a very interactive, hopefully, edition of Equip. The phone number is 877-548-3675. Today's program comes on the heels of yet another restless and tragic night for our nation. It was a little bit after 8.30 last night when uh, news broke that a lone uh, gunman had opened fire on the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, News began to spread from local broadcasts to national and even international broadcasts to alert the entire nation that this event was uh, occurring and that prayers were needed, and uh, and many responded. Uh, The result of this uh, shooting, this mass shooting, was long anxiety-filled hours as an entire community was placed on lockdown. Students were told to shelter in place, uh, to run, hide, or fight, depending on the situation they found themselves in. And uh, and many did. They sheltered in dorms, some in closets or bathrooms, others at work. Um, but they sheltered in place. Um, for hours and hours as the gunman moved from a dormitory where he opened fire on students to later the student union building, which is a popular gathering place for students on campus. He opened fire there. By the time it was all said and done, uh, the news reports that we have now is that three uh, are dead, five are in critical condition, The gunman himself also, in addition to these victims, took his own life through a self-inflicted gun wound. Today, as I broadcast to you and I sit in my studio, I'm wearing a Michigan State sweater, my green and white Michigan State sweater. And I do so because I'm a Spartan, because um, I'm a proud, proud member of the MSU family. And my heart is broken Last night, my wife and I didn't get much sleep as we checked on friends and family members. Um, This was all too close for us as we uh, talked with parents who wanted desperately to go and pick up their children, but yet were told by police that now certainly was not the time to do that. And, uh, And I certainly understand in the midst of a manhunt, you can't have the chaos of thousands of parents descending upon a campus, but I also recognize the gut-wrenching reality of receiving a text or a call from your child who's um, hiding in a dorm or a closet or a bathroom saying, Mom or Dad, I want to come home, and not being able to uh, go to them. It was a very, very difficult night. 
But in the midst of it all, uh, what we've learned as these events continue to multiply in our country and in our culture is to trust in the Lord. Now, uh, full transparency, today's program we had planned was to do a traditional Valentine's Day uh, program for you. We had planned to have my favorite guest, my wife, Yodi, join me. And we're going to talk about uh, ways that you can have a thriving and a healthy marriage, ways that your marriage could be a ministry to others, ways that you could bless even singles through your relationship. But none of that seems to fit the moment. None of that seems to be appropriate, at least not from the position that we sit in now. So today, what I would love to do is is to process. I certainly need to, and uh, I assume that there may be some of you that have big questions that you're processing, questions like, why why do these events continue to happen again and again? Um, maybe even where is God in the midst of a moment like this? Uh, as news broke, uh, there were just a stream of text messages and threads and calls from individuals who were grasping for answers And I'm grateful that the word of God is not silent. It is not silent in our tragedies. It is not silent in our brokenness. And today what I would love to do is to be able to process with you maybe some of the big questions that you have on your heart. I'm mindful of the fact that um, my own community, um, my Michigan family has been rocked really hard over the last 18 months. Many of you prayed for Oxford High School, uh, the high school that is just miles away uh, from my home as it uh, experienced um, a mass shooting in November of 2021. And it seems like just as we were coming up for air from that tragedy, yet another one has affected us. And yes, there were students who uh, experienced in their senior year of high school last year the Oxford school shooting, who had been able to process through that trauma, finding themselves as freshmen now on the campus of MSU only to relive yet another tragedy. And all of it leaves you heartbroken. All of it leaves you looking hopefully only one direction, and that is up. The answers that we need so desperately won't be found by looking within. And they won't be found by simply doing cultural commentary and looking on the outside. We don't need to look in. We don't need to look out. We need to look up. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So what I would love to do is to uh, open up the phone lines at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Whether You are in Michigan or beyond our borders. I think this is a moment that affects affects us all. Just like 15 years ago when Northern Illinois University went through a a tragic mass shooting there, six killed, 21 injured, or when Virginia Tech University went through a mass shooting. The list could go on and on. Kent State University, uh, California State University, Appalachian School of Law shooting in 2021. Um, Over and again, we see these tragedies. 
And so the questions abound. And uh, there are a couple that I'd love to be able to address with you directly uh, that have been on my heart. But I love, as always, to hear what's on your heart as you process this, as you pray through it, as you maybe uh, heard the news about it nationally, locally. You give a call, 877-LIVE, 675 is the number. That's 877-548-3675, East Lansing is a special place for me. MSU is a special place for me. As a matter of fact, most days, if I don't have to dress for some event or outing, you'll probably find me in um, a Michigan State sweatshirt donning a Michigan State hat. So much of my life was formed there. So much of uh, my friendships that have lasted me a lifetime was formed there. My wife and I attended Michigan State University. We met when I was a freshman at Michigan State University. And so to say that this hits close to home is an understatement. Um, But yet in the midst of it all, I recognize that this isn't a local story that this is, again, a national story. I mentioned some of the um, colleges, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of the high schools and and elementary schools. Columbine, uh, for many, is the first that they uh, maybe heard or experienced something like this. Parkland High School, um, many of you remember when that took place. Um, So many. And and yet uh, this type of thing continues to happen again and again and again in our culture. The question, again, that I have asked is, Lord, why? Why is this happening? And, um, and there's so many different ways to approach this. I know that there will be those on one side that will say this is clearly a gun issue. There will be those on another side that will say this is clearly a mental health issue, but I think there's something deeper here. Uh, Not to say that there's not space to have that dialogue, and there certainly is. I'm not here today as a politician or a public policy expert, but I am here today as as a pastor, as someone who believes that the Word of God is a light into our path and a lamp into our feet. I I truly believe that if we want to know the truth about any situation, if we want to get solid answers, answers that are not temporal or limited to cultural analysis, then we need to look to the eternal, time-tested and proven word of the living God. And, And when we do, we come across passages like Isaiah chapter 59, And in Isaiah chapter 59, it describes Israel in a state of relational separation from God. Uh, I would say relational isolation from God. And it was because of their sin. And because their sins had separated them from God, despair spread throughout their nation. And that despair manifests itself in a number of different ways from harm inflicted upon themselves to harm inflicted upon others to the damaging of relationships to the loss of dignity and and justice. And in many ways, if you read Isaiah chapter 59, you'll feel like you're not reading about ancient Israel. You'll feel like you're reading about modern-day America. The fact is, is despair has 
just swept through our nation. Despair has uh, swept through our culture, and you see it in so many ways, from marriages that are broken and skyrocketing rates of anxiety and depression to self-inflicted harm through suicide to mass shootings like we saw recently, as, as recent as last night. And what is the cause of the despair? Well, the cause of the despair is we're separated. We're isolated. We're isolated relationally. We are separated from God. And whenever we are separated from God, it always causes us to be separated from one another. You see, vertical separation always leads to a horizontal separation. A vertical enmity always leads to a horizontal enmity. And this is what we have in this mass shooting. The suspect is named Anthony McRae. I mention his name simply because my heart is broken even for him. Anthony, by all accounts, was a massively isolated and deeply troubled man. Anthony uh, lived in Lansing just blocks away from the campus. Anthony, um, his mother died two years ago. His mother was named Linda. Neighbors say he isolated himself. Neighbor after neighbor made statements like this when interviewed. He stayed to himself. He was secluded. He was definitely a loner. Anthony's uh, brother, who he had not talked to since his mother's funeral, his brother's name, Michael, said of his brother, he had no children, no spouse, no friends that he knew of. He says his younger brother was deeply, deeply troubled. You see, relational isolation from God always leads to relational isolation from the people around you. And where we lack community, where we don't have a a covenant-formed community, where we're not immersed in in a community of people, seeking God and experiencing his presence and being revived by his word, death and destruction will always mark the moment. So today I'm praying for MSU. I'm praying for us. I'm praying for the McRae family. I'm praying for those who are fighting for their lives in hospitals and grieving the loss of children once again in the aftermath of such tragedy. I'll take a break, and then I'll take your phone calls as uh, many are coming in from around the country, even beyond the country, uh, Canada, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Illinois. Please stay on the line. We'll get to your calls, as many of them as we can. 877-548-3675. What's the cause of a moment like this? We'll talk about it. But I don't want to leave us at the point of despair because the gospel doesn't. We'll also, in the second half of our program, talk about what's the solution and what does that look like? 877-548-3675. We'll be right back. This daily program is fully devoted to coming alongside listeners like you to give you the tools needed for a successful walk with God. 
As one of our loyal listeners, would you be willing to become an equipper? Your monthly contribution will be applied to equipping others all across the country. Plus, as an equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. To become an equipper now, call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Taking your phone calls at 877-LIVE-675. Also petitioning you, requesting that you pray for a beloved community that is very near and dear to my heart. As I said earlier, um, I am a part of the Spartan family. Um, I'm a proud member of the MSU family. And so my day has been filled with checking on friends whose kids are there, checking on brothers and sisters who are ministering there. There, there are two groups that I would love for you to, in particular, uh, pray for as support is being mobilized for these groups. Um, please pray for international students because many of the students who live locally are having parents pick them up. But there's a ton of international students as the campus is uh, shutting down for the next week. They'll keep essential services going, like food services, but many international students are without relationship. And so um, there are ministries like ours and others that are collaborating to provide care. And that's the second group I would ask that you pray for, is pray for uh, pastors and campus ministry leaders and those who are community organizational leaders campus leaders that are working together to provide as much care for the campus, the students, the faculty, the staff, the alumni as possible uh, in the aftermath of this uh, horrific tragedy in East Lansing, Michigan. Let's go to the phone lines. John is listening in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Hey, John, thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate your call, brother. What's your comment? Hello, Chris. Thank you very much. I have been listening to you for the last 26 years. I've been jumping up and down this FedEx ground truck. Now I'm retired. So I wow. get a chance to pay it all back. So I'm experienced with Moody. Chris, Bible says we are fighting not flesh and blood. Our enemies of the spirit of the darkness. Yeah, that's right. Chris, the, people, the, the only thing that can fight the spirit and be the spirit is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We have to continue to reach out in love. Love conquers all. Now, when you buy a new appliance, you get a book. You get a, a way how to take care of it, how to manage it. Yes. When you yes. get a human being, you get the Bible. Yes. Frederick Douglass said, it is easier to build up a child than to mm-hmm. rebuild a man. That's right. Now, if you don't That's bring right. up a child in love during the last 30 years, the device is left. Have the, it took the parent took the, the the fathers out of the household, and mothers are great, but you have to look at what the kid is. If you don't right. emulate a man, and don't think of God and be around God, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead. I love you guys. Take care. My heart goes out to you. I got people up there in Michigan. Yeah, I know where the campus is at. My heart yes. goes out to them and all those other people in this country who have suffered what these people are going through now. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate you, John. Uh, thank you as well. Uh, a lot of wisdom in what you just shared, uh, including your comments 
on the family. I mean, obviously, we we need uh, dads and we need moms. I don't know a lot about Anthony's family. This, to me, uh, is bigger than just one incident, one issue. We have to look at patterns and we have to ask ourselves bigger questions. And I think those answers, when we begin to ask bigger questions, go beyond just earthly answers. I really do. Uh, Let's go to Tina, who's listening in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tina, thank you so much for listening. What's your comment? My comment is this. First, I just want to thank you for your ministry and um, how I can hear your heart. And my heart is breaking for for you and for all of those who've suffered loss or experienced this tragedy. And uh, I have friends who graduated from Michigan State, and so... Um, I know that their their heart is broken today, too. I think that it's a heart problem, that there's not any amount of legislation that can change what is happening in our country with mass shootings, that it has to be a matter of the heart. And I think that that's where prayer comes in. And so, um, and even when you just said it, Chris, you said, uh, pray for the international students. That thought had not even crossed my mind for those. And so um, I just would like to offer a prayer today, if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's do this. We're going to pray. First off, let me just say to you, thank you for the tenderness of your heart, um, both for me and for those who are listening that are going through uh, this tragedy Um, And I also want to say thank you for reminding us that ultimately we're going to have to look to God in the midst of all of this. And and I agree with you. We we need to uh, pray in this moment. So why don't we do that? Why don't we carve out a moment right now? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for um, those that have been um, hurt and wounded those who are fighting for their lives, those who live right now in the aftermath of this tragedy, uh, Lord, who mourn and grieve the loss of a loved one. Father, my simple prayer has been and continues to be that out of the ashes you would bring beauty, that you would take what the enemy meant for evil and somehow bring about uh, good from it, that you would allow um, those who serve and protect in our communities to have wisdom uh, on how to keep us as safe as possible. But ultimately, unless the Lord keep watch over a city, the watchmen watch in vain. We ask for your intervention. We ask for your peace to be poured out in abundance. And Lord, we are um, asking for revival. I'm, I'm asking for a move of God to sweep through the campus of MSU, that you would awaken a generation that uh, from this, there will be a cry from students and faculty uh, for Jesus to intervene and for you to be um, held high and glorified on that campus. Thank you for every minister that serves that campus and those people. Uh, Bless the MSU family, we pray. Heal grieving hearts. Pour out your peace and abundance in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to... uh, Jason, who's listening in Canada. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for listening. What's your comment today? Hey, Chris, uh, thanks for for taking my call. Um, As I mentioned to the screener, I am an atheist. However, um, I just, even as a Canadian, um, I feel the need to say that 
while I'm hearing people talk about a heart reform, yes. um, this this country really needs gun reform. And yeah. you mentioned about this uh, the shooter uh, who, by all accounts, didn't have friends. And, and I would say, as someone who was once a believer, is not anymore, I could easily argue, well, why wouldn't Jesus reach down to his heart and tell him, I'm here with you? Yeah. So what I yeah. my comment is, going forward, if we really want to make this issue so much better, then I really would hope, Chris, and I think someone like you with a show like this yeah. could really drive this uh, forward, is yeah. I, we need the Christian community to get together and advocate for responsible, reasonable yeah. gun reform. And yeah, at the end of the day, if can, that can, can, I, can Chris, I respond, I Jason? I, I just... Can I can I respond? Because I think you're saying a lot of thoughtful things, and I appreciate you giving the call. and And let me just say, as I said earlier, I'm not saying there's not space for those conversations. I will remind you, though, something that Dr. King said is that while a law may be able to stop you from lynching me, it can't make you love me. The fact of the matter is, is that no law has the power of changing the human heart. Now, with that being said. Is there a place for responsible gun reform? I, I think there is. But but I would say this, that we've seen these shootings in places where they've had the strictest of gun reforms and policies and laws. And we've seen it where there have been uh, more lax gun policies and laws. So what that tells me is that there's something more that's needed. Not that that can't be a part of the conversation, um, mental health also needs to be a part of the conversation. But ultimately, what I believe that we're dealing with is something deep within the heart of man. Now, you may say, why wouldn't Jesus reach out? I think Jesus 2,000 years ago reached out to all humanity on that cross. But you and I have the choice. He places before us death and life. He advises us. He recommends choose life. But just as you can reject a gift, we can reject Jesus. But I pray, Jason, that you wouldn't and that those who are listening wouldn't. We'll be right back with more after this. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner. Folks that we call equippers. But today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness and Start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is give me a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Taking your calls at 877-LIVE-675. Reflecting on the tragedy of uh, last night mass shooting on, on the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. My alma mater, a place that is near and dear to my heart. Three are dead, five in critical condition, fighting for their lives. An entire community mourning. A nation once again asking, Lord, why? And, uh, and I believe the answer is in Scripture. Earlier, Jason called from Canada, and Jason, I was up against a hard uh, break, and so 
I, I couldn't finish all that I wanted to say, but I, I, I want to make sure that I, I'm clear in that I believe that Christians need to be active and in, in, in involved in every sector of our culture and society. I believe that this is the, uh, the cultural mandate of common grace that is given to us in Scripture. Jeremiah 29 and 7 tells us to pray for the welfare of, our, of the cities that we're in and that we're supposed to make a difference in those cities, to get involved in the community. And I think in every area of social dysfunction and social uh, brokenness, we need to make sure that we are bringing the light of Christ in very practical ways, very redemptive ways. And so I, again, am not opposed to legislation. What I am opposed to is to think the thought that somehow our salvation is found in legislation. Um, it was uh, uh, John um, Adams who said this, our constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. It is wholly inadequate to govern any other. And I think that's true. I think that um, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that law um, has never been given to make immoral people moral. It is given to reveal the depths of our immorality. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 20. He says, the law was brought in so that trespasses might increase or be seen. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that our salvation is found in Christ and in him alone. And so, yes, through means of common grace, we try our best to make sure that we love our neighbors as, our, as ourselves. And part of that is through our legal systems and processes. But yet, if we're looking for ultimate salvation, it is only found in Jesus and in him alone. And he does extend himself. He does offer relationship. He does offer salvation. He did it 2,000 years ago on a cross. He continues through servants uh, and, and pastors and ministers to declare through his word that I stand at the door knocking. And anyone who lets him in, he will come in and he will commune with. But we have to open the door and say, come in, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you will. I pray that you will. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Jeff is listening in Hollywood, Florida. Thanks for your patience, Jeff. Thanks for calling. What's your comment? Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for the radio show and the ministry and Moody. And uh, it's just uh, I can't. What a day it doesn't go by that I listen to you and uh, the, the radio, and it's a blessing to me. <clears throat> but I, I came to Christ back in '76, but I was. Short just before that date of March uh, 30th, of 1976, I, I was uh, going to commit suicide. And because uh, my, I, I just back, you know, the devil will have a way of backing us into a corner, and yeah. and uh, he he will surely do it, and he's going to derail everything he can. He the, even the disciples were very much. Uh, awkward and before they came before it was actually done at pentecost the, the spirit of god came 
and vibrantly filled the hearts of man. And and before that, there was a spirit of God that was very strong as well through the yes. Old Testament. Yes. But, but you know, I, I just feel like I was going to commit suicide. If I hadn't had my grandmother's loving me and my grandmother taught Sunday school at the Baptist church and my other grandmother was, a, I just loved her dearly. And um, Praise God. If it hadn't been for them, I would have just probably could have done something crazy myself. But, you know, this, when the, the love of Christ is within the family, even though I would, didn't know him yet, you know. Well, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for your your call, and, and I'm grateful for your call, Jeff, because I think in many ways your call represents somewhat of, of a pivot that I was hoping to make in this conversation, and you certainly have done it, and that is to begin to change the question from Lord Y to uh, what is the answer? What's what's the answer to a moment like like this, to what we're facing across our our culture in this country and even beyond in my community and in yours. Well, if the cause of this, as I've tried to argue and posit, is isolation, uh, relational separation, first from God and then from one another, if that is the cause, uh, what, what the scriptures describe as alienation, that we have been alienated from God because of our sins and alienated from one another, then what is the answer? Uh, we lack community. We lack connection. My suspicion, my distrust for you and yours for me is only growing more and more by the day. And so inevitably we will see more of moments like this, more tragedy if there's not intervention. And it's interesting to me because as as affiliated as I am with uh, Michigan State University, there's another school that I also have a relationship with. I begin to do my doctoral work at a school called Asbury Theological Seminary, which right across the street from it is Asbury University. It's in a small town called uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. Many will know that town if you live in Kentucky, right outside of Lexington. And it's at this college, um, Asbury College, Asbury University, where, as one reporter put it, Brandon Porter from the Baptist Press, revival fires have been experienced. His exact words are these, revival fires may spring again at a small college in rural Kentucky near Lexington. Now, before you get too skeptical about this, before you get too critical, I want you just to hear, just listen with an open heart and mind. It was last Wednesday, February 8th, where a simple chapel service began. A chapel service that is a typical normal weekly time of coming together to sing, to hear a message from Scripture, to pray, and then to go about the rest of your week. But something different happened last Wednesday at Asbury College, Asbury University. The service, as some describe, uh, was uh, not only filled with preaching and singing, but there was personal testimony as well. And the person who was leading, the minister who was leading the chapel, his name is Zach, he simply felt God laying upon his heart to invite people who were there, students, faculty, who were there for a time of confession, humble repentance before God for sin, and prayer. 
what has happened is that the chapel service has not yet ended. That's right. What started last Wednesday morning has continued on day after day now, going into a sixth full day. Um, this chapel has continued on as men and women, not only from the college, but from across the country, have, have been drawn to Wilmore, Kentucky. Even those who are skeptical about it all, praying and experiencing the sweet embrace of the Savior as this uh, time of singing and worship and prayer and simple admonishments from Scripture continue to fuel what some are saying is a modern-day revival moment. According to accounts, uh, this type of revival has happened before at Asbury University. Back in 1970, it took place there, where for 144 hours, straight hours, there were men and women who were worshiping, crying out to God, asking for forgiveness, giving their hearts to Jesus. One um, student there reported this, that peers and professors, local uh, church leaders, and seminary students surround me all of them praying and worshiping and praising God together. Voices are ringing out. People are bowing at the altar. Arms are stretched wide. One um, local pastor uh, said this. He says, uh, I came as a skeptic on day three. Within the first hour, I had moved from spectator to a humble participant. He wrote in a recent blog on his website. Friends, I want you to know that the story that may not get national attention, may not pick up global headlines on mainstream outlets, is that revival is happening. And I know, I know that there is uh, a sense of juxtaposition between uh, the feelings of grief and sadness as we hear by the tragedy at Michigan State University and the joy that fills our heart when we hear about the revival at Asbury University. But yet there is a connection between the two. And the connection is this, is that if isolation leads us to despair, that causes us to do much harm to ourselves and do much harm to others, then the remedy for that is connection. Connection, the type of connection that this student writes about as peers and professors, as church leaders and friends gather together, worshiping the name of Jesus and experiencing the sweet embrace of a Savior. What's the remedy to this moment? Well, I believe the remedy to this moment is ultimately found in a relationship with God. I think the scriptures would agree. Isaiah chapter 45, verse number 22, records these words from the God who loves us and created us and desires to redeem us. He says these words through the prophet Isaiah, turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Ultimately, the only one who can fix us is the one who made us. And the one who made us is the one who knows us best. 
And his counsel, after surveying our condition, his, uh, his treatment plan, after diagnosing our illness, is to turn to him. And if we turn to him, we will experience the salvation, the revival that is being experienced in a small town in Kentucky, Wilmore, at a university campus that has drawn together thousands of students, men and women, professors, educated, the poor, the rich, those who are near and far gathered together to experience the outpouring of God's grace and love. We're going to take one final break, but I want you to know this, that he offers that same grace and love to you, and maybe you have been isolated. Maybe you've been isolated from friends and family members, and you feel all alone and the feelings of depression and anxiety, those waves have begun to crash in. Once again, dark clouds are hovering. And worst of all, you feel disconnected from God. He invites you to come to me if you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. 877-LIVE-675. If today you want to give your heart to Jesus, he says, come, come even now just as you are. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Are you struggling with questions about your sexuality? Do you have answers for those who ask you questions on this issue? In his book, Is God Anti-Gay? And other questions about Jesus, the Bible, and same-sex sexuality, author Sam Alberry compassionately explains the biblical view. Then he presents a more wonderful view of sexuality than you may have ever considered. Request your copy when you support Equip with a gift of any amount this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Phone number 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Barb on Facebook asked a question. um, How is it that shootings can happen on one university campus while revival break out on another? And to be honest, that question is well beyond my level of wisdom. What I do know is that we have a myth, I think, that many of us live by that we are in control, that somehow we're in control of these moments more than what um, is is in tune with reality. The fact of the matter is, is that um, the human heart is, uh, as the Bible says in Genesis chapter six, verse number five, is perpetually thinking on, on wickedness. There is constantly in the human heart this inclination towards evil. And so these types of things continue to happen. And the scriptures in Second uh, Timothy uh, tell us that all the more that in the last days we're going to see evil increase and intensify. But yet on the other hand, we don't control revival. There's no way for us to manufacture it, but we certainly can petition for it. So all I can say to um, those who are asking this question about the duality of the human experience is that it certainly aligns with what we experience in the Word of God. This this tale of two cities, if you will. The worst of times on one hand, 
but yet God's offer of salvation and mercy and grace on the other. And I'm grateful that a humble group of students and leaders in Wilmore, Kentucky, begin to simply petition God for his mercy, his grace, and forgiveness. And God richly poured that out. And um, while we cannot analyze all of it or bottle it up, what we can do is to duplicate that in, in our own lives and in our own hearts. And as you listen to me today, I want you to know that isolation doesn't have to be your story. I want you to know that um, evil doesn't have to rule the day, that the, the brokenness that you have experienced in your life and maybe as a consequence of your own bad choices and decisions or maybe the pain that you experience at the hands of others, that does not have to be what defines you. That God loves you, that he loves you with an everlasting love, and that he offers to you healing and salvation, a healing that medicine can't give, a healing that ultimately is found in Christ eternal and his love for you. And so today, I just want to extend that offer to you again, that offer of salvation. And you've heard, maybe you've heard these spots that we've run that uh, is a reminder that I love introducing you to guests and to resources, but there is one person that I desire you meet more than anyone else, and that is Jesus. And I will say to you that loving him and having a relationship with him is sweeter each day, it is sweeter each moment, and it is what sustains me through even the tragedies that this fallen world will bring. It's not that we're exempt from it. It's not that we bury our heads in the sand and we're not aware of it. But it is the case that we have a Savior who walks us through it. So if today you want to give your life to Jesus, do it now. Turn to him and just simply ask him, be Lord of my life. Fill my heart with your love. Change and transform me by your Holy Spirit. Save me, Lord. And as you cry out to him for that, he hears that cry. He hears that prayer and he will do it. Friends, it's been such a joy to be with you today. And um, I'm grateful for this time that we have together. I do humbly ask for you to continue to pray for a community that has a long road of healing ahead. But I do believe that as we petition God, that he is near to the brokenhearted and that he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, from earthquakes to the rise of sin in our culture, many are asking, are we in the end times? Author and professor Charlie Dyer joins me to discuss current and future events in light of biblical prophecy. Don't miss this practical look at end time prophecy on the next edition of Equip.
Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.